Morning. Good to be able to worship together. Um, so really appreciating that part of being back together this day. Hearing other voices offering off offering up a sacrifice of praise and worship. Um, really good to have you with us. If you haven't been here before, you haven't been here in a while, you're welcome. Guys at the back. Uh, thanks for being with us. Um, if you're joining with us online, um, thank you for doing that. Uh, we hope you sense the that presence and the power of the Lord that we've been talking about and singing about already today. Uh, we're continuing through this uh, continuing through this um, series on the Beatitudes, looking at the sermon, looking at this, at this sermon that Jesus preached. That. Um, and I would just encourage you, I would just ask, like we have, I think, if you're anything like me, honestly, you become so familiar with these words that, that maybe feel like you've heard enough, like you feel like you've, you've exhausted all sermons that have been preached. Um, but I'm longing, as I prayed it this morning with the guys, we just would, would hear with fresh ears today, we'd see something that we've never seen before. I feel like because I'm just totally consumed by this at the minute. I feel like I'm seeing something different every time and and um and I haven't been anywhere else. That's not necessarily anything new for me. There's sometimes I get uh, I get gripped by somewhere in the Bible and I just have no interest in going anywhere else. It doesn't matter what my devotional tells me where I have to be. I want to I just want to see what the Lord wants to say to us because I think as we said last week, Jesus his whole life is illustrated by this sermon, um, and so uh, so let's continue to look through this these these incredible words, this revolutionary sermon that Jesus preached, this this upside down nature of the kingdom that Jesus came to speak about, turned everything on its head. Like we need to know that. For those that were listening in, what Jesus was doing was turning absolutely everything on its head. We've already mentioned it the first week. Everything that everybody thought about, every, everything that you, they had grown up believing what it looked like to be blessed, Jesus was now, it now seemed like Jesus was saying the complete opposite. And so you were blessed, we're told in Deuteronomy, especially 27, 28, 29, and 30, you're blessed if you have all of this stuff. You're blessed if you have enough. You're blessed if you have it all worked out. You're blessed if you're this and you're that, but, but Jesus is coming and saying, actually, blessed whenever you know that you haven't got it all worked out. Blessed are you when you're broken. Blessed are you when you recognize your complete dependence on him. There's nothing you can do to earn it. You're blessed then. Blessed when you're mourned. Blessed when you're, when you're able to, to get it all out. Um, and then to show today, this is, where we're, this is where we're at this morning. Um, Matthew chapter 5 Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So for that, if we were to ask the question, and especially if we were to ask the question uh, in the, the time that Jesus delivered this sermon, if we were to ask who is it that's going to get the earth, who gets the earth? The answer would have been the big guys. The answer would have been the emperors. 
the empires. That's who's going to inherit the earth. But Jesus is coming, and he's, as I've already said, it's, he turns everything upside down. Do the big, is it going to be the big guys that get the earth? No, it's not. He turns it completely on its head. And so whenever we're, whenever we're looking at these verses, keep in mind who it is that Jesus is speaking to. Whenever Matthew is using, uh, when you, whenever Matthew is using this language of the meek, who are Matthew's meek? They are the overpowered. They are the oppressed. They are the marginalized. They are the ones that have been born into the wrong family. They are the, uh, the outsiders. They are the them rather than the us. That's who Matthew's meek are here. Here Jesus is speaking to a people. All they've known is the oppression of empire. All they've known is the oppression of the big guys. And Jesus is coming and telling them some really, really good news. Although right now you feel like you're being overpowered, oppressed, marginalized, othered. Listen, blessed are you. Blessed are you. It's going to be you that gets the earth. It's going to be you that are the inheritors of the earth. And this is why I'm really, this is why I'm really wrestling at the, with these Beatitudes at the minute. Because if you're actually listening to what Jesus is saying, I know you're like, we, we all are, I know you we're listening right now, but actually, like, are you hearing what Jesus is saying? Because if you are, if you've been hearing what Jesus is saying here for the last two or three weeks, it's going to make you incredibly uncomfortable. Honestly, like, blessed are the poor in spirit. Like, that just confronts my comfort level. That's completely confronting my comfort zone and all that I find comfortable and all that I find easy, all that my, my selfish nature uh, wants and desires and craves. This is, the words of Jesus here are confronting me on every level. They're confronting my comfort. And so there's two ways, if we, if we were familiar with this idea of meekness in the Bible, there is two ways, uh, two ways in this that meekness is used. And it can either be something that, we, that is proactive, that we pursue meekness, that that is used. But I want to suggest to you, I think it is the other way that meekness is used that Jesus is talking about here. And rather than being meekness that is pursued, this is meekness which happens to a person. Some have said, the theologians have said, it's like humiliated meekness. Whenever you're being oppressed, whenever you're being overpowered and marginalized and othered, then you, this is something that happens to you. And this is something that had been happening to the people that Jesus is speaking to here in this first century context. To those who have been overpowered and oppressed and marginalized, Jesus is, is I think, is using this um, meekness in this way. Something that has happened to you. These are people who've had the power of choice, who have had the, the, the power of opportunity, the power of equality, that it's all been taken away from them. It's been stripped away from them. And because maybe they've been born in the wrong family, they've been born in the wrong place, whatever reason, 
And it's these are the people that Jesus is speaking to. These are the ones that Jesus is speaking to. And I think it's important that we know that. I think it's important that we have an understanding of the people that Jesus was talking to. Because for me, if we get an understanding of that, it, it becomes the good news that we have been given to, to proclaim is incredibly good. Can you imagine how good this news was for these people that were listening in to Jesus? And so for, as we continue to try to work this out, I want to make sure that, that we are not saying, and Jesus is not saying that, that, that it's for those who are going to embrace shame. You don't want to come away from this thinking that there's, there's some sort of glory in loathing yourself or embracing shame. No, this is, this is for those, this, Jesus is speaking to those who have been humiliated by an ungodly, unjust system. And those, and if you go onto the news or you go onto your social media for any length of time, you will see that that is still as real today as it was here when Jesus was speaking. By an ungodly, unjust system. In an ungodly and unjust world, there are those who have been humiliated. There are those who have been oppressed and continue to be oppressed by others and by systems. And, uh, and I don't want to get bogged down in this, but I think it's important to know this is the context. This, these are the people that Jesus was speaking to. And so it was really good news. Jesus is bringing good news to those whose lives have been dominated by bad news. And I think it's important that we know that. Because he continues to bring good news. It was his mandate from the beginning. He, came, he rolled out the scroll. He went to Isaiah 61 and said, The Spirit of the Lord, the power of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor, to those who have been oppressed, to set free the marginalized, to go to the others. That's where I'm, that's where I'm going. That's who I'm bringing the good news to. And, and he did it. It was the pattern of his life. The whole way through his ministry, we see Jesus bringing good news to those whose lives have been dominated by bad news. Blessed are they. Blessed are the meek. That, that it's the consistent theme of Jesus' life. And I don't have time to go into this this morning, but Maybe in your own time, you could go to Luke chapter 14 to, today. Because just, just this morning, just as we were gathering here, as Judith was getting ready this morning, I just found myself in prayer, just the Lord drawing my attention to Luke chapter 14. And it's the parable of the great banquet. And it's whenever, it's whenever the, the master sends his, sends his people out to, so, that the, so that the table will be full. And those people who have had it easy... Those people who, like maybe in, in our context, those people are sort of middle class who have grown up knowing church, having the freedom of choice, not having the privilege and opportunity stripped away from them like some have. Whenever they have, are offered the invitation, they reject it. They make up some sort of excuse. It's almost like we can become so used to it. We can become so familiar with the invitation to the banquet that whenever Jesus comes, it's like we'll, we'll make up an excuse. We'll find, any, we'll find some stupid excuse to get out of it. Every excuse that was given was a nonsense. 
And so Jesus is going to, this is the theme of his life. He's going to go to the highways and the byways and he's going to compel them. In some ways, it's not even an invitation. Jesus has said, go and bring them in, compel them to come in. And I don't think it's necessary that Jesus is forcing them. I think, I honestly think it's because these people have become so used to being oppressed. They've become so used to being the othered that an invitation wouldn't even work because they've got so used to not being invited to the table. That's why Luke 14 is so powerful because Jesus is saying, like, don't even invite, just compel them, just get them in. Because they need to know that the lives that have been dominated by bad news, Jesus is coming to bring good news. And this is the story for us. This is the story that we have to go out to those who are like the people that Jesus was speaking to. And maybe there's some of you in the room today, maybe there's some of you that can identify with this idea of being meek. But there's those who had choices. There's those who had privilege. And honestly, like I, I am in that category. I cannot, honestly, I cannot fully identify with this idea of humiliated meekness. Because I do have the choice. I do have privilege. And I find myself like the people that Jesus first mentioned that I'll make an excuse for why I can't be where the presence of Jesus is. And it was really challenging. But it's not that I can ignore this. There's a deep challenge for me, even when I find myself in a place of, of not necessarily being overpowered and oppressed. There's still a challenge for me about what I'm going to do with the words that Jesus is confronting me with. See, this is, makes us uncomfortable. Taking us out of our comfort zones if we're truly hearing the words of Jesus. See, the world operates under this delusion that some are better than others. Like, it is ugly. And, and honestly, there's times I see it in my own life. That there's nothing uglier in me. There's nothing uglier I see in my... As I just, like, becomes... There's moments of self-awareness. There's nothing more ugly than whenever I feel that I am superior than someone else. There's nothing uglier in the church whenever we take on a superior attitude to others. The world operates in that, with that delusion, whether it's because of wealth or status or where you've been born or the family that you come from or what you've gathered, the stuff that you've gathered. Somehow there's this delusion that that makes you better than someone else. It's disgusting. Oh, man, I, get, I feel it. Some sort of righteous anger stirring. Like, it's... it's it's rubbish. It is so rubbish. <laughs> the world operates under this delusion that some are better than others, and it sometimes creeps into the church. How dare, dare we allow that to happen? There's no one lesser than. There is no one greater than. Jesus, I think, is reminding us of that. You think, you think that there is some sort of hierarchy here? There's not. All made, and we keep going back to Genesis 1, we're all made, all creation, all of humanity, made in the image of the divine. Everybody that you encounter is made 
in the image of God. Divine image bearers. And of course not everybody's living that out. Not everybody's living with that recognition. We're all made in the image of God. All have the image of the divine. All given equal dignity. All given equal worth. I love wearing this t-shirt. It is my favorite t-shirt because I need to be reminded of that as I go about my day every day. Everyone. Equal dignity. Equal value. Equal worth. Jesus is turning the world systems on its head. And there's part of me loves when he does that. Like a part of me loves reading that and love what he what he's doing. And then whenever I, like I confront myself, um, don't love it as much. And so, so let me finish with this. I was even last night continuing to think, God, oh, what is it that you just? What is it that you're saying to us? Like, what is it that you're? Want us to be in a series that we're going through just for the sake of it. Like, let's take hold of what you're saying. And I find myself in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, where, um, where, where Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives within me. This emptying ourselves of ego, this idea of emptying ourselves of all of our selfish nature, our ego. And as I thought about these Beatitudes, as I thought about the three that we've already looked at, and briefly thought about the ones that we're going to continue to look at, each one of these blessings describes the company of the crucified. A theologian that a theologian used that language, the, the company of the crucified. And that's what I think each blessing describes that. This is what it looks like whenever you empty yourself of ego. This is what it looks like when you're crucified with Christ. You, you acknowledge your poverty in spirit. You mourn. You're meek. You hunger and thirst. This is what it looks like. This is what the company of the crucified looks like. And then each beatitude shows us, it reveals to us our inheritance. It reveals to us the fullness of Christ's resurrected life poured into the emptied cup of self. And so one half of the beatitude is what the crucified life looks like. And the second half is our inheritance. The second half is the fullness of Christ's resurrection life being poured into the emptied cup of self. And so I don't know where you find yourself this morning when I'm using this language of meekness. I don't know whether there's some that feel like they're, feel like they are, like this, they identify with this is something that has been done to you, overpowered, pressed, marginalized. I hope you hear good news today. I hope you hear the good news that Jesus came to offer. I hope you hear the for those that have maybe been, lives been inundated with bad news, that you hear the good news of Jesus. But I think there is a challenge for some of us who maybe are not on that side, that maybe you are aware that you have, through no right of your own, every gift has been given. You haven't earned it. You haven't earned your privilege. You haven't earned all that you've, earned all that you've been given. 
And I know there's a place for working hard, but stick with me here. And I just would love this to work out. I love this, as I've said last week, like sometimes we can miss the fact that, that uh, Matthew is speaking to a community of people. This is for a community of people to work out. Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is something for us to engage with and work out together. And so how do we use the, what has been given to us? How do we use our, what, our strengths? How do we use our privilege in order to serve others? Because that's what Jesus did. And Philippians chapter 2 probably continues to be my favorite place to turn to because we're reminded that Jesus emptied himself. He didn't count himself equal. He took on the nature of a servant, emptied himself, and came humbled. And he experienced that idea of meekness. This was, this was something that was done to him. Humiliated meekness. He became obedient to the, to the point of death. Death on the cross. And how, So how are we going to use what we've been given to serve the meek? Use our time, our talent, and our treasures. How are we going to use that in order to serve others? How are we going to take off the outer garment, wrap the towel around our waist, and go and wash the feet of the other? To go and wash the feet of the oppressed, the underprivileged. How are we going to do that? It's a challenge. If you're hearing the words of Jesus, if you're truly hearing Jesus this morning, it is a real challenge and it's really confronting. And so I'd love you to I'd love you to stand and just allow me to pray as we close out this morning. So I know the kids are still here and there maybe will be a bit of noise, but I'd love it that you would make some sort of acknowledgement, some sort of reflection, like just wherever you're at, whatever you're comfortable with, just speak to Jesus, just like tell him what you're at, tell him what you feel like you've been confronted with. Just acknowledge it before we, before we head out the door, before we go back into normal life in some ways. Like, just talk to Jesus for a moment.
Jesus, we've we've sang it this morning, and um, and just as we watch you um, preach these words, God, we can truly say that there is no one like you. No one else that can bring the peace in the storm that you bring. There's no one else that can bring the comfort that you offer. There's no one else, God, that can stand with those who have been left marginalized and abandoned. There's no one that can do that like Jesus. There's no one that loves us like you do, Jesus. In spite of all of the things that we get wrong, in spite of all the, the, the areas and the moments of failure and regret that, Jesus, there is no one that loves us like you. And that is, all, like, that is, that is always what's fueled you. That is your very essence. And so we pray that ultimately, even, even before you want to confront us, you're confronting us in love, you're... You're pursuing us in love. You're, you're convicting us because you love us. And Jesus, would we hear you and see you and be captivated by you once again. God, challenge us so deeply today. God, we'd be so conscious of those within our communities, within our nations, God, that, that unfairly and unjustly have been othered that have been marginalized, that God just live with that sense of shame. God, will we be like Jesus? Will we be those that would be um, such freedom, um, such liberty to, to bring good news to those whose lives have been consumed with bad? And so, Jesus, we need your power. We need your power to live like you lived. Do what you did. And that's your kingdom invitation to each one of us. Even do greater than you did. And so we stand before you uh, hungry and broken and in all of those and different emotions. God, we just stand before you and I pray that you would find us open-handed and open-hearted. Bless each life. Bless each family. God, I pray that we would know as we leave this place the presence and the peace and the power of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Have a great day. Uh, continue to be challenged by this stuff. And uh, Luke chapter 14, if you're looking for something to read this afternoon, go there.